What's up, y'all? I am Chris Chows, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am graced with the presence of the statistical wizard, as always, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What is up, buddy? I feel like I need some sort of like a like a wizard's hat or something with yeah. that intro and that, that introduction. I will say this, though. Um, I think it was two Halloweens ago. Um, I was dressing up for the company I used to work for for Halloween. And my costume was the fantasy, a fantasy football wizard where I had a legit like purple wizards costume with a full white beard. And I just carried around a football all day at work. It was amazing. So Gandalf, the wizard for fantasy. That's just how that's literally got- what it was. It's Fantastic. like if Gandalf was into fantasy football, that's what I looked like. It Freaking was awesome. Beautiful. You see how I take care of you anyway, man. I mean, you are the statistical genius. I love it, man. You'll preach up your prize picks, man. Your prize picks have been just hitting like crazy. It's been a good season so far. We're only three weeks in, you guys. Um, but for those of you who are not subscribed to either our special YouTube subscription um, or to Patreon for our MVP members, uh, we are doing some prize picks props, player props. So it's pretty much what you do is, you know, you have a certain player, they Vegas sets the line and you just have to pick if you think that player is going to go over or under that specific stat. And, you know, week one was great. Uh, I went nine of 11 in my picks. Ooh. Week two was also great. Um, hit about 70, 75% there. And this past week I went six to seven. So, oh, so far it's been a phenomenal start to the year. We're only three weeks in you guys, but if you like making money, make mm. sure you're subscribing to our MVP tier over at Patreon. It's only $20 a month. And not only do you get prize picks, uh, props, you get DFS, you get uh, guaranteed answered questions um, on all of your sit, start, trade questions, wherever it may be. We will absolutely guarantee all of your questions to be answered. And the $20 a month, you'll get that back. And then some every month between DFS and player props. We guarantee it. 100%. Look at this guy, man. He's just, he gets so much money over there. He's literally like burning it as we talk, man. Like, that's just how much money this guy's winning right now. And I'm, I'm trying to take advice. You know, I've been somewhat lucky. It's not been a great year for me. I mean, I think I'm hovering 500 on the point spread right now because of last week. God damn it. Yeah, last week was tough, though. I mean, you've been the first two weeks you were doing really, really that well. Was good. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, karma came back and they're like, you know what, Chaus, we're going to we're going to knock you down a few. Yeah, pegs. we got we got to keep you honest a little bit because you can't keep winning all this money. But I mean, you know, that's how football rolls sometimes. Swear to God, this week better be better. Otherwise, you know what? I might be jumping out a window. Nevertheless, we got so much football again to discuss. It is crazy. We are entering week four. Am I not? Am I correct? Week four. It's week four. We are. We are coming into week four. Correct. Week four. Man, see how quick this goes. I can't even keep track anymore. But I mean, the player injuries, they just continue to pile up. And it, uh, man, and they want they want to add another week to the season. The NFL. Are they out of their damn minds? We're not going to have anybody yeah. left to play, man. I mean, that's and it's not like just, you know, like Joe Schmo or, you know, whoever it may be just getting, you know, nicked up here and there. We got big name players like first round fantasy players mm. getting major injuries. Speaking of which, man, uh, Christian McCaffrey, CMC, he finds himself back in the medical room. And I can't believe this, man. Like he he took off all last year, basically, to all those injuries we thought. And I was of the opinion, you no, know, he would have got with the training staff, got healthy, got good. 
he get, he injures his hamstring, which is very weird. Even though he did kind of do that little hop step on Thursday night football, uh, you probably saw that too. Everyone who watched the contest would have seen it. I didn't see it flex as bad. I didn't see any pop happen either. No, so that, that's a positive, I guess, for his recovery. But they're not placing him on IR. But I mean, what is next for Christian? I mean. He, this could linger. These soft tissue things, man, they're never a good thing for the top end players, man. Yeah. And especially with, you know, with, with these top players, teams want to rush their studs back. They want to make sure that they're there so that they can fill the seats, sell the merchandise and make as much money as they possibly can. And with Kish, Christian McCaffrey, when you're the face of a franchise, I mean, you are this, this team's future. You don't want to have him sitting on the sidelines. You know, we did see him get rushed a little bit back from that high ankle sprain last year. Then he had that freak injury with the shoulder. So this year now going into the hamstring, I do think that it's in Carolina's best interest. I mean, the problem with Carolina right now is where they are undefeated. They're three, you know, they're having a hell of a season. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that Carolina is going to try to rush him back because they are going to be in the playoff hunt most likely, and they're going to want their stud you know, workhorse back in there to help them with this playoff run. I do think it's going to lead to potential future injuries. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. You guys are gonna have to talk to our guy, Ethan Turner about this stuff, but I can just see them rushing him back and just setting him up for, you know, something potential down the road as far as another injury is concerned. Yeah, it's it's not a good look. I mean, and you're you're you hit it on the nail on the head, man. I mean, three and zero. Oh, I think if they if they lose the next two, let's say, because I mean, this hamstring pull is usually two to four weeks. Approximately, we've seen guys come back faster, but I mean, if you're playing it safe, two to four weeks. If they if they lose these next two contests, that's when you know they're going to try to rush him back, heal up quick, get back on the field. Mm-hmm. We need you. But, I mean, I like the way they're playing. I mean, you can't really say anything. Chuba Hubbard might be able to just, you know, carry the load with uh, Freeman there now and maybe do a one-two punch thing of uh, Thunder and Lightning type-esque, and and maybe you, you don't need him back, and you don't rush him back, and you squeak out maybe, I don't know, two two and one in the next three, and hopefully he gets back in, in four weeks, right? And you know what? The, the good thing about Carolina is when you look at their schedule coming up, they're playing some really soft defenses, you know, mm-hmm. in the next few games. They have the Cowboys the Eagles, the Vikings, the Giants, and the Falcons. Ooh. Like these are all teams who have been horrendous on defense so far this year. So Carolina realistically could probably go like three and two, you know, four and one, maybe over this next five game stretch. And then, you know, maybe then they won't have to rush back McCaffrey because they're winning these games. They're in a really good position in the NFC South so that they can allow him to heal, use Hubbard to really kind of be that guy because, you know, when Hubbard did take over for CMC, he did see 14 touches. You know, he was there. He was involved in the offense. Um, you know, for those of you out there for, who are fantasy owners, you're going to want to spend the majority of your fab money on Hubbard. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that about a lot of people, but I think where he will be the main guy and there really isn't that number two guy behind him that will be taking a lot of touches away. For me personally, I'm using that number one waiver claim. I'm using the majority of my fab money to pick up Hubbard because we don't know how long CMC is going to be out. For. And that's where I was going. How much you spending? What's majority? Because right, I'm, so I'm thinking a very big number myself. Man. I'm, so. I'm, I'm probably going to take that big number and then say, hold my beer. Oh, um, whoa, yeah. Whoa. So what I'm actually doing is I'm strategizing. I'm looking to see how much fab money the rest of my league mates have. Mm-hmm. And then if because I haven't spent any of mine so far this season in any league. So for the most part, my fab money in a lot of leagues is $100 for the season. And 
there are other, there are some teams out there who have like 93, $94 left. So I'm going to spend one more dollar than they have. <laughs> so I'm guaranteed to get him yeah. in other leagues where people have the same amount as me. I'm spending a hundred percent of it. And I know, I, I know it's bold because I didn't spend a dime mm-hmm. on Eli Mitchell, but I'm going to spend everything on Chuba. And I think it's a safer option anyway. Chuba is a better running back overall than Mitchell was, yes. in my opinion. He has the offense now to to take over. So, I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, I'm thinking like 50 was was bold. You're talking a full bill, man. I'm going to hundo. All or nothing, baby. We're going we're we're going six to midnight real quick. Six to midnight. Speaking of which, man, we got our boy AJ Brown, grown ass man. He's going six to midnight no more because he is on the shelf again. Strain hamstring, Chris. I know, you know, we had this conversation when he got injured on Sunday, and and I have to say it, and it sucks. Is he injury prone? Because this is now becoming an issue for me, and I don't like it. Uh, this, I mean, he likes Julio. He's a big fan of Julio himself. Watched Julio growing up, and he's turning into Julio injury wise. Yeah, unfortunately, and again, it's it's because it's that hamstring. Um, mm. and it, it it sucks. I do think that if I'm Tennessee, I am sitting him. I'm letting him get healthy. I'm not rushing him back because Julio can't do it all by himself. If they if they feed him too much, they give him too much of a workload. We could see him on the shelf as well. And as good as Derrick Henry is, he can't handle the entire, you know, the entire offense by himself. Well, so freaking Julio, Brown, went da- Julio went down too, man. He, he was, uh, yeah. I don't know what they were doing that game because Julio was missing for a large part of it. And I was like, where the hell is Julio? I get it. Like AJ's gone, but I don't know, man, this injury in uh, Tennessee, this has got some problems written all over it for this whole season already. Yeah, but as far as like injury prone is concerned, I don't know if I'm ready to label him there just yet. Um, and and I, I say that just because I do think that with, you know, with with a player, if you're going to label him as, you know, say, say injury prone, I do think that, you know, he needs to have, you know, more of a history of missing multiple, multiple games where, you know, his rookie season, he played all 16. You know, last year he missed two games Mm -hmm. this year. He's probably going to miss a few more. So if it happens in the next year or two where he does miss multiple games over the next couple of seasons, then yeah, I would probably give him that label. But right now, I think it's just being more unfortunate than anything else. Do you know why I'm doing it is because of he he has the Julio effect when he's in the games. He starts them. He plays. He plays three quarters and then he's out. And Mm -hmm. and I mean, he comes back the following week. But then again, he goes out and it's like, I, I just, I don't know. I love AJ Brown, but there was a reason why I traded him last year in a lot of my, my dynasty leagues, because I mean, I was already starting to feel that fear in the gut of the stomach. And you're like, you got to get him out before, you know, the price is just going to be like, yeah, I know I can't touch it for that one, but I get it. All things aside, AJ Brown is still our boy, but this is not good news. Uh-uh. Juju, he goes down with some bruised ribs. The Pittsburgh Steelers look like hot garbage. And I mean, I I don't know what even to say. I mean, the issue is Big Ben, obviously. He can't eat. You saw that one throw, man. He was rolling to his right. (laughs) He freaking, he fell down as he fell down. (laughs) I was like, dude, man, you're like geriatric. What are you doing out there on this field? I literally, I I was, I was sitting at the bar when that happened and I just like burst out laughing and everyone looked at me like I was crazy, but I was like, how is that not funny? It was hilarious. I, I I couldn't stop. I was by myself. If people would have thought I was weird, it was it was very strange. But I mean, 
The, the beneficiary of all of these injuries so far has been Najee Harris. He breaks out Le'Veon Bell Ooh. style. They go, they give him 19 bloody targets, Chris. 19! Dude. I, dude, I could play in the NFL for 10 years and not see 19 targets, and this man does it in one game. 14 catches, 102. I mean, this is what we thought, right? I mean, when we discussed Na- Najee Harris this offseason with the scouting reports and everything we were talking about landing spot in Pittsburgh, it was it was the Le'Veon Bell effect for me. I kept on pre- uh, preaching it over and over again. They want to recreate the same thing, and unfortunately with the way Big Ben is, I mean, he's just broken, and there's no one else to throw to because everyone's getting injured as as it seems right now. Deontay's gone. Juju's gone. Claypool took another shot. I mean, Najee's going to be the biggest fantasy commodity there is ever seen just based on target share. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so far, so with Najee Harris, he's fifth right now in touches per game, you know, with 20 touches per game. Obviously, that, you know, that 19 target game that certainly helped. But when you look at how often he's on the field, He's playing 96% of the snaps so far this season. And there's no other running back in the league that's getting more than 80%. Like the guy is just on the field all the time, which not only proves that he's a great player, but the guy also knows how to block. Otherwise, he wouldn't be as on the field as often as he is, which is another big plus for him. Yeah, he's the full meal deal, the full package. And if you got Najee, I mean, I think everything's just starting to ramp up. I mean, this is this to me is like this isn't even his ceiling. I don't feel it's okay. 19 19 targets. Okay, I get it. That's a very big number. But when you're talking like fantasy productivity, he's just he's just scratching the surface of what he's going to be able to do, especially with the fact that they got to do these checkdowns and dump offs all the time now because Ben is just done. Uh, Najee could be your league winner, man. And I'm calling it in week, th- week three, going into week four. Like, this is how good it is, barring health. And he's going to have to be because right now you have Claypool, who most likely is going to be fine for, you know, week four. Deontay, who knows? Juju's going to, you know, depending on pain tolerance with the ribs. Yeah, Najee Harris is going to be the RB1 slash wide receiver two for this team very shortly. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a bargain you guys got with the, the with this rookie, man. Speaking of bargains, not so much. KJ Hamler, torn ACL. Hate to see it, man. And mm. I mean, you know, I, I'm never going to ever do a victory lap on an injury because that's just stupid. And I don't do that. But I mean, I was never as supportive. I'll just I'll preface that with I was never as supportive of KJ Hamler because he just reminds me of a Tavon Austin, but with better upside. And and that's how I kind of always saw him. His role was specific to being gadget. His role was specific to going deep. And I mean, okay, he blew up in the preseason, which made me be like, oh, maybe I'm a little bit wrong on this. But but then look, man, the season already three weeks in and we're seeing the same mm-hmm. type of usage and productivity based on scheme and, and how they want to utilize him. Nevertheless, he has a torn ACL, not very good, but this definitely lifts up Patrick and Sutton that much more as if, if they couldn't get lifted up as it was. Oh, absolutely. I mean, those two plus Noah Fant, you know, they're going to be the main beneficiaries here. If you're looking for a deeper option, you know, Deontay Spencer is probably going to be the wide receiver three moving in. Um, But for the most part, it is. It's going to be it's going to be Patrick. It's going to be Sutton. It's going to be Fant. And also, let's not forget about our boy, Javante Williams is most likely also going to open up some target share there as well. And Vante is coming, man. I get it. You know, a lot of his work is coming in garbage time. I get it, but they're, they're they're trying to let the rookie get his feet wet. And this is what they do. I mean, they're, they got, you know what it is. They got Melvin Gordon for one more year. Why wouldn't they run Melvin into the ground? You know that they were going to do this and it's almost like they're, they're begging for him to get injured at this point, use him until you abuse him, and he's going to be out. But Vante is definitely on the rise. I like it. I like how they're 
excuse mm-hmm. me, how Denver is moving this offense right now. I think they look good. Yes, the competition has been sparse. I mean, but I mean, it's it's been a good showing right now for Denver. Yeah, and you know how we talked about earlier in the you know before the season started that that Javante was most likely going to take over this backfield you know, halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now it's almost a 50-50 split. I mean, mm-hmm. through three games, Gordon has four more touches than Javante Williams does. And those four touches came last week. They were neck and neck after the first two weeks of the season. So this isn't really, it's almost like 1A, 1B right now for this backfield. See, man, doesn't it doesn't it feel good to be right sometimes? Like this one, we just nailed on that figure, bang, right on the head, man. Yeah, I mean, especially with somebody like Williams, who you and I were both so high on when we did the scouting report over on Headliner U. I mean, yes, Najee was our RB1, but Williams was right there as as an RB2, RB3 in this draft class for us. Absolutely. No question about it. It was it was it was Travis. It was Najee and it was definitely Williams right there neck and neck. I thought they were all very, very good. The New York Giants, man, you know, can we do a favor to the New York Giant fans and just put them out of their misery already? Because. Uh, this is just again ugly, man. It's so ugly, it's ugly. And and I mean, you lose two more wide receivers. You know, Sterling Shepard done, Darius du- or Darius Slayton done, both hamstring injuries. Now mm. it's Kenny and Kadarius show upcoming. And okay, fine. Ingram comes back, fine. But you're zero and three, man. And you cannot get out of your own bloody way. Judge, is, man. I don't even know how you had Judge on the Patriots for as long as you did, because with him and Garrett together, it's like dumb and dumber up in this bitch, man. It's awful. The one good thing, though, I will say, is that there's there's now finally getting Saquon you know, mm. back into you know the swing of things. You know, he had eleven touches week one. 15 week two and 22 this past week, his snap count is starting to increase every single week. So they're starting to finally get him back to where he should be. And so he will be one of the top receiving options for this team. I mean, without Slayton, without Shepard. Yeah. You're looking at Kenny G Evan Engram, who knows before he finally gets injured again. Um, The only other guy that had the same amount of targets as Saquon last week was Colin Johnson. And who knows how long that's actually going to keep, you know, keep up. Kadarius Tony had his issues in the offseason. So between, uh, you know, the offense, that's just, I mean, hell, and Daniel Jones for the first three weeks of the season was like a top five fantasy quarterback with that rushing upside that he has. But the one surprising thing about this team has been their defense and how poor yep. the defense has played, because this was for me personally, I thought they were the, one of the most underrated defenses in the league, and they have just looked like absolute doo-doo. Excuse my language. Man, yeah, clean it up, man. It is a family program. But I mean, doo-doo is the word because they have looked like shit. I'm going to say it straight up. They have looked like <laughs> shit. <laughs> because it's it's been bad, man. And I'm with yeah. you because I've been preaching up the Giants as well on defense being like, you know, this is an up-and-coming unit. This is what they needed to do. They added more pieces to this defense. And now, look, they lost Blake Martinez, ACL injury. He's done for the season. Huge loss in the run-stuffing ability in the zone coverage over the middle. This is not good news for Giants fans, especially if you're going to go get another top 10 pick. I mean, Christ, if you're going to keep Gettleman in there to try to find you another quarterback, he's probably going to pick Saquon's replacement in this upcoming draft with the top pick in the in the NFL draft. Like, this is how bad it is in New York, and I really, truly feel for these fans right now. And if you're banking on Kadarius Tony being a thing this early, I, I just I don't like it, man. It's oogly. Yeah, I mean, right now, the Giants defense is allowing one of the top 
completion percentages to opposing quarterbacks at 75%. Oh, They're allowing a touchdown rate of over 5% right now and almost 290 passing yards per game. Like they're just absolutely getting shredded. Yes, they're 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 past defense. They're getting good pressure on the quarterback about 30% of the time, which is which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they just can't stop anybody is such a big issue. I mean, through the ground has been a big issue for them. Um, I'm sorry, through the air on the ground, they're allowing a hundred rushing yards a game to opposing running backs. And they're also giving up 67 receiving yards a game to opposing running backs. Like they just can't stop anybody. And now you have to go this upcoming week and try to stop Alvin Kamara. Good best of luck. Best of yeah. luck. It's right, man. Kamara's gonna he's gonna punish you. At least surgery is gonna do damage as well. It's not no un- until until Taysom Hill comes in and just yeah, like that's... vultures three touchdowns. That's right. That's what they do. I mean, because they don't like fantasy football and they don't like us. I mean, that's just normality. Moving on, man. Your boy James White, my guy. I love James oh, White, man. Tough. Come on, because you know I was I was preaching. I'm saying, yeah, flex option. It's back. Woo! And I cursed them. I. Freaking curse the man. He's out with a hip. This is an indefinite yep. hip injury. I mean, it's it looks really bad. They're talking potential surgery, and and he's going to be placed on the IR. Uh, I I would want to say shortly, depending on what the the medicals come out. But Brandon Bolden is going to be taking the spot, likely. I mean, this is not good for your Patriots, man. It's not because he was just our rock. He was this go to you know guy that you could depend on in passing situations, third down. And I remember watching this play. He was going out of bounds on the left-hand side. And when he went down, he immediately started to grab what I thought was his right butt cheek. And mm. it went like his hand went a little bit lower. So I was like, oh no, it's it's a hamstring. What and then it was looking re- at the man's butt cheek anyway. Listen, the guy's got a nice tush. Okay, fair enough. He got a nice tuchus. <laughs> He's got a nice and tuchus. so <laughs> and so <laughs> when it came out with to be a hip injury, like I was like, oh no. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so Brandon Bolden, JJ Taylor, they're going to be getting, you know, a lot of the workload. The, the one guy who I thought may be able to sneak in there to get some more touches would be Ramondre Stevenson, but he had like a measly, like three touches. And that was about it. Yeah. I mean, he's doing his best. I mean, what can you do? Ramondre, when the coach said, what does Ramondre have to improve on? Everything. Everything. (laughs) Right now it looks that way. And just give the guy a shot for the love of God. He looked good in the preseason. Nothing's changed. You guys are all biased to players that I like. You know know what changed? The fact that he now sees like number one defenses, like the first unit and not like the first. That shouldn't shouldn't matter. God damn it, man. Preseason defense versus real defense. Come on. Giovanni Bernard, man, he finds himself with an MCL day to day. And that's kind of bad news because, you know, he's starting to pick up steam in Tampa Bay. He's starting to look good. He, he's getting a lot more touches than Rojo at this point. And, and he's gaining the trust of Tommy touchdown and kind of taking that James White role a little bit. And I was hoping, you know what, another couple weeks. And now we're talking about Gio being potentially flex viable again. I know the first couple of weeks he was just, you know, as you said, he was getting eased into the offense and then he finally kind of let him go a little bit in week three, you know? So with Gia, it was nice to kind of see him come back a bit. Um, but I remember, so I was you know, answering some questions on Patreon today and somebody said, you know, Rojo's on waivers. Is he worth any fab money? And I was like, don't waste a penny picking up Rojo. And this is not like Rojo hate or, you know, like say no to Rojo or anything like that. 
but just, I mean, it's, it has been the uncle Lenny show so far this season. And it's going to continue. I mean, that, that one fumble Rojo did, it's going to cripple him for half the season until someone gets injured and they need him. like that. He's, he's riding that pine man. And you know, Tommy, man, Tommy's days are numbered, man. He, he, he said he could play till 50 for God's sakes. Just pack it in Tom. I've seen enough. I've seen too much. I cannot see anymore. You know, at, at this point, I'm not going to doubt another thing that man says. Like, because uh, every every time, every time I'm like, you know, he's going to play for another year or two. Mm. OK, well, no, no, another year or two. You know what? Screw it. Tommy, you you do you. You do you. <laughs> it's it's just, Who did he sell his soul to, man? Like, that's what I want to know, because this is not this is not normal. He is not a normal human. Um, I, I just, I don't understand. He plays at a high level. It's like he doesn't age and things are getting better, not worse. What the hell is going on? Also, I would like to just say for the record, I have tried avocado ice cream. Mm. Number one, it's disgusting. Number two, I did not play to the level of Tom Brady. So I, I pulled think it's a hamstring. All a sham. It's a sham. Yeah, it's yeah. a sham. I pulled a freaking avocado hamstring. ice cream I, doesn't work. No, it doesn't, man. I, but I rubbed the avocado ice cream on my hamstring. It didn't work either. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm out of luck some headlines man let's do some headlines because guess what Ooh. marlon mack he's on the trade block we talked about this when uh cam Akers got injured and you kind of stole my thunder like you do want a typical every show we do but i mean marlon mack he's on the trade block where does he go he was a healthy scratch last week and and this is the indication that they are shopping his services where where does he see fit now with some injuries you know what I as much as I like Brandon Bolden, who's more of a special teams player, and I like JJ Taylor, but if I'm New England, I'm giving Indy a call and being like, hey, what do you want for him? You know what? We'll give you a seventh and an eighth round pick, even though it doesn't exist, but we're going to send it to you anyway, because that's what we do as the New England Patriots. Mm. But I think Marlon Mack would actually be a decent fill-in for New England to replace that James White role. Look at you. See now who's being the homer now, man. When I say I want, guys, I don't want everybody. I just I, kind yeah, of sort of want Marlon Mack. You know, you know who I want? I want J uh, Jamie Collins, man. Bring him over. Jamie Collins gets released by the Detroit Lions today. Bring him to town. We need straight some up more released lineup. straight up, man. What yeah. the hell is that about? Unreal. I mean, I guess to be fair, if I'm Jamie Collins and I'm playing for Detroit, sure. I'd also probably if I were him, I'd be like, you know what? Just let me go. Let me do my own thing. Like you guys have enough troubles. You're dealing with your own shit. Let me just go. Yeah. He's cheering, man. You got cut today. Yes. Thank God. I'm free. It's like the Antonio Brown thing from Oakland running through his sprinklers in his backyard. Ooh. You know what though? The, 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 as terrible as new England has been tackling. If I'm bill, I'm the first one on the phone being like, Jamie, come back, please come back. And that's probably the likeliest scenarios. I mean, He's got familiarity. He re he resurrected his career. But I mean, you know, if I'm Jamie, I'm like, dude, I came back last time and you traded me again. So go F yourself. I'm not coming back and doing this again for your compensatory picks, man. You New England Patriot bastards, you. Because he's still I mean, he's not not young, but he's no. what, like 30, 31 sure. years old, you know, something like that. Yeah, he's still got, he's still got skills. He's a baller. Oh, he's still he's still got plenty left in the tank. I would love him in Buffalo simply because we need more depth, man. Could you imagine putting a, a triple linebacker threat between Edmonds, Milano, and, and Collins? The Bills would be unstoppable on defense, and they've looked freaking beautiful so far. And I will say this. We talked about this last week where, you know, Josh Allen was, you know, was he was he kind of resorting back to his old ways, and he completely squashed all of those talks, you know, this past week. The Bills looked like the Bills that we expected to see in week one. It just took him a couple of weeks to get there. 
And I mean, I wasn't going to talk about them since you bring them up. I mean, we might we might as well talk about my Buffalo Bills. That was no, we beautiful. don't have to. No, you brought it to. up. I want to I want to encourage this because this is a fantastic topic. The Bills, my Bills. It is Victory Tuesday. Bills win 42 to 21. Like you said, man, uh, Josh Allen, you know what it was? I don't know what week one was the anomaly. We'll call that the anomaly game. Didn't mean anything. And I mean, the Bills get the, the Texans this week. I feel bad for all y'all Texan fans. Uh, prayers up to you guys. It's going to be a rough week. But I mean, Beasley, oh. the Beasles and, and Manny, Manny Sanders got in the mix. Left digs kind of on the side, you know, having a, a week off type of deal. But they're starting to move, man. And this is what I like is that, you know, fine. You know, you're, you're running the ball a little bit more. That's what I want to see. You're using Zach Moss in the goal line, scoring those PPR touchdowns a little bit more. But now you're starting to see this overall balance, man, getting Dawson Knox in the mix. Every single weapon on this Bills team is working, and I want them to get to a point where defenses are like, who the hell do we cover because we can't stop them all? And it feels like that's where it's going right now. And can we talk about so the, the, the Bills have been looked, have looked absolutely phenomenal this past week. One thing that surprised me the most is how awful Washington's defense has looked this year. Oh, man. I mean... They're they're twenty eighth in pass defense DVOA. They're twentieth in run defense DVOA. They're allowing three hundred and fifteen passing yards per game, and they're only generating pressure on like twenty six percent of snaps, which is well below league average right now. And I'm wondering myself, like, what happened between last year and this year? Because it's the same defense. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just as baffled, man. I mean, it, when we talk about the Giants, we talk about Washington yeah. in, the, in that same same realm and category because there is no explanation for this. It's not like they faced daunting offensive lines. Um, we've seen them beat crazy offensive lines last season. They're just not. They're just not getting any heat, man. I mean, Chase Young. He, he you can still see him. He's noticeable, but outside of that, I mean. There's a lot of missing pieces on this defense that right now I'm like, where are you guys at? Cause I, nobody can see you. No, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been one of those things where you're like, okay, well, like what, what's really going on here? When I talk about, when you guys hear me talk about, you know, uh, DVOA, what it is, is it compares defensive statistics to an NFL average, like baseline where they adjust for certain situations and the opponent. So when I talk about DVOA, it, it does take into effect the opponent. So it's like, well, they're ranked 28th. Well, maybe they haven't played anybody. Well, no, it takes into, effect, into account who they play, different downs, turnovers, et cetera, et cetera. So when I say that they're like bottom 10, bottom five in defensive DVOA, that means they just have been playing absolutely terrible on defense. And regardless of the quarterback play, because last year they had awful quarterback play all year and mm-hmm. they still had a top defense this year. It's just going wrong on both ends of the field. It's, it's incredible. Uh, uh, a decline of this magnitude. I, I, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, especially for a defense that was so good. You know what it reminds me of is remember when Jacksonville was that good when they took that team and they could put the team on their back. And then the following year, they basically had the same players and they didn't perform as well. And then they shipped everybody out. They're not well, going to ship. That's, yeah, but that's that's easy to like dissect and understand. They lost in the AFC Championship game to the Patriots when they were winning and should have won that game. Yeah. And then they just decided to choke and then they were just never the same. It's true. It's like the Atlanta Falcons, man. You don't recover from that shit. It just doesn't happen. And I said and it I, from that game, they will never recover Atlanta. And look, no. they have not. They have not. And I, I do want to give props um, to uh, to my buddy Dan, um, a.k.a. Bathroom Dan. During that AFC Championship game, Patriots Jags, 
My buddy Dan went to go to use the bathroom. Okay. And Patriots are losing. All of a sudden, Patriots score a touchdown. <laughs> and Dan was coming out of the bathroom. And we said, Nope, you stay in there. So we gave him a chair. He sat in the doorway of the bathroom for the rest of the game. And we won. Okay. Not all heroes wear capes. Some heroes sit in chairs right outside of a bathroom. And, and, and that's me, how you win football games. And, and to me, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think that was the appropriate move that should have been done and good on him for staying there. This is what we Hashtag do in football. Bathroom Dan. Thank bathroom, you. Bathroom Dan. And you know what? I don't like you, Bathroom Dan, because you gave the Patriots another Super Bowl. But hey, you know yeah. what? I don't know Dan, but he he sounds like a good swell dude, man. Sitting on the he John, is. He is a good dude. <laughs> sitting on the John watching your team win the Super Bowl. Speaking of smoking drugs, I mean, Josh Gordon, he's back in the league. Oh, and, God. and I mean, this is great news. He signs with the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about Gordon last week. He got his reinstatement, but now he finds himself on a roster. And I mean, that was quicker than I thought. But here's the here's the thing. Here's the conundrum and here's the issues that I want to talk about because it's not so much Josh Gordon potentially being something spectacular. I mean, if he is fantastic, if he isn't, I mean, we're not going to be surprised. The Kansas City Chiefs, man, are they mm-hmm. getting are they getting a little desperate here? Because I was talking with a buddy of mine, full disclosure, I'll give him all the credit because this was his comment. He says, do the Kansas City Chiefs really miss Sammy Watkins that much? And, and at first I kind of laughed. And then I was as I was watching the game, you can really tell there is no secondary option wide receiver Pringle, Hardman, and whoever else you want to discuss on that team right now. They're not cutting their mm-hmm. weight. They're not pulling the coverage. And, and they seem right now, I mean, Andy Reid's smart enough. He's going to adjust. But the Chiefs right now seem like they've been figured out a little bit. And they're struggling a little bit. And now signing Josh Gordon isn't for statistical achievement. It is to actually, he's athletic enough. He's fast enough. He's still young enough that he can play that Sammy Watkins role to pull coverage without actually being like Sammy Watkins. Yes. Um, So Josh Gordon is like the, he's like my broke back mountain where (laughs) I can't quit him. Okay. And this man has just, he's, I literally had him on a dynasty roster up until like, months ago oh, shit, like man. literally months like months ago i had him on my dynasty and finally i decided to cut ties we parted ways like it wasn't a pretty breakup but it had to happen sure yeah. because we all know the kind of player that josh gordon was back in 2013 mm-hmm. okay since 2013 he's played the hot like what 40 30 games maybe sure, right maybe if that so at this point, I'm thinking, okay, well, his last productive season was when he split time between New England and Cleveland, but it was mostly with New England. Mm-hmm. He had over 700 yards, three touchdowns. So yeah, so the talent was there. You know, he's, he was 27 years old. He's now, what, 30, 31 maybe? So I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what to expect from him because I really want to believe in him and I want to believe that he can come back and be a, pr- a productive player in the league. Mm-hmm. But then again, I'm also there's that voice inside the back of my head. Well, yeah, he's probably going to get suspended after like six games anyway. So like why pick him up? Yeah, I mean, I want to believe I'm I'm with you. I'm a Gordon fan. Always have been. I mean, the skill was unparalleled in his prime in his in his early days of ascension and rise. I mean, if, if you know what it is, I think going with Andy Reid is probably the best spot for him simply because he will get the support mm-hmm. he, re- he requires. 
Andy Reid doesn't give up on guys, and and Michael Vick is is like the primary example of that. Everybody deserves a second chance if you're showing remorse for your actions. I'm always for that, man. You deserve that chance, and then I mean, if you do it again, then whatever. But I mean, in this case, it's the weed. It's not a big deal for me. I, I get it. Guys do nope, it for re- recovery. They do it for you know pain tolerance, etc. To me, it's not a big deal, and I think the NFL should abolish it anyway. But I mean, the, the Chiefs, man, they they if, if, this is this to me right now is why they got Gordon is because they're feeling it. I mean, look at this, man, this division right now, Vegas, three and oh, Denver, three and oh, the Chargers, two and one who they just lost to Kansas City's at the bottom of this division at one and two. And I know everybody's like, who cares? It's week three. This is a big deal, man. And I get it. it you, is. Got the, you got the Chargers and you got Vegas, you know, playing this week on Monday Night Football. I completely understand. That's a massive contest. But the Chiefs got the Bills coming up too, man. And and that's a game that I'm just, you know, all ears on, not because I'm a homer, but because I want to see if the Bills can actually keep up with this Chiefs team. And as we see it right now, I, I mean, Mahomes is having his worst. They jinxed his ass too. He's having his worst September in his career. He didn't even throw one interception in September until this season. And now I think he's got like four. So I, man, I don't know what is going on in Kansas City right now. I will say this though, and and Jake mentioned it earlier, you know, in our in our DM, if and as, as you mentioned earlier with Sammy Watkins, if if Josh Gordon can fill that Sammy Watkins role, you know, get four or five receptions for 50, maybe 60 yards in a game, sprinkling a touchdown here and there, then yeah, absolutely. It's a complete win because they do absolutely need that because Mikkel Hardman is not the answer nope. outside of Tyree Kill and and Kelsey. They don't have another, you know, solidified receiving option. You know, they have CEH in the backfield, who's now starting to come back to life a little bit. But outside of Hill and Kelsey, that's it. It is a two-man show, and they need that secondary wide receiver to help take that pressure off. Because like you mentioned earlier, teams are starting to figure Kansas City out. And the fact that they're one, you know, they're down at the bottom of that division. Mm. I mean, they need to start racking up some wins because of how competitive the AFC West has become once again. Exactly. And I mean, I, I think Denver's kind of pretending based on how who they've played. I think their defense. Is, I don't I know, but I, I, don't I get think it. So. You don't think so? Hey, I think Denver's for real. They have oh. the best defense in the league and sure. it's going to continue to show they're going to have a top five defense the rest of the way. I think Teddy two gloves is absolutely legit. The problem is that he keeps losing receivers. Mm. Unfortunately, the receivers aren't being able to stay healthy, you know, if he had a full, healthy receiving core of Judy, Sutton, you know, Patrick and Fant, along with Gordon and Javante Williams in the backfield, I mean, they're they're finishing one or two in that division. See, and I, I don't hate it. I say pretending because of just competition. I want to see them play somebody stronger, right? Um, but when it comes to your point of saying that their defense is extremely strong, absolutely. Von Miller looks like he's being shot out of a cannon on a weekly basis again. I mean, once Bradley Chubb, if he, man, if Chubb could stay on the damn field himself, man, this guy's injured too, man. He's like Tyrell Williams spending all that time in the medical room. But I mean, I don't hate your evaluation on Teddy. I've never hated Teddy, but I was never over the moon for Teddy. And, and two gloves right now, I think this offense really supports what he does well because you're, you're, you're typically, quote-unquote, run first. And, and that's, what, that's what's always going to help Teddy, man. That play-action mm-hmm. pass for Teddy is like gold. It's like diamonds with platinum laced with gold. Like, that's what Teddy needs to be successful. And, and Denver's doing it right now, and it, it, they're going to be tough to stop because they got two running backs that can run. And, then, man, Kansas City, going back to you guys, you got some troubles. You got some troubles coming your way.
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trade. We got a trade, man. We don't usually see trades in week three and four, but we got a trade. Uh Unbelievable stuff, man. The Jaguars, CJ Henderson traded to the Carolina Panthers for Dan Arnold and a third rounder. What did I say? Here's the thing. I'm going to this is my victory lap time because I was preaching this for so long and everyone's like, you know, even all the Notre Dame guys, I dropped the video on headliner you about Tommy Tremble and all these. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Tommy can't catch and he's okay. He's, he's always been above, you know, or below guys play. Get the fuck out of here, because you know what? I was correct, and I'm going to say that out loud because Tommy Tremble's my guy. Yes, he's athletic as a freak. Yes, did he need to improve his hands? Sure, but that would have came with reps. He is the best blocking tight end coming out of this draft class. The man is an absolute beast. Why is that important for even fantasy football? He will never leave the bloody field. He will block on running downs. He will play on play action, and he will stay on passing downs. Get ready. Tommy Tremble, it is your time. So I'm going to I'm going to look at this trade from another angle because no like not in a million years would I ever have taken taken the the Tommy Tremble angle. Um I'm looking at Carolina and how they're just bolstering this secondary. That you was had, my next point, man. It was coming. Well, you were too busy just, you know, just victory lapping yes i was yeah just money shots all over the place about tommy tremble there was other shots and so, and stuff too <laughs> yes there was <laughs> all right go ahead carolina's secondary here they're adding cj henderson who's a year removed from being the ninth overall pick in the 2020 draft all right off to a little bit of a slow start you know to his career but i do think he has a talent you know watching him play at florida he was an absolute stud he throws cj henderson in there with Dante Jackson, mm. our guy, JC Horn, mm. and then Jeremy Chin out mm. there at safety. I mean, that is, that's literally, it's like a fantasy draft of secondary players. If you're starting a dynasty, like that's just young studs that you want to help build your defense around. You get, you, you add them in there with Brian Burns and then the defensive tackle who is evading me right now. Yeah, me too. I don't know if you can help me. Okay. Um, but I will say uh, this. Moss, like, Moss Grottos. That's not the guy. No, right. no. They have another defensive tackle who was just. Oh, uh, Derek Brown. Monster. Derek Brown. Yes. Derek Brown from Auburn. Yes. 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 yes sorry. Go. And and so this is a phenomenal young defense that's going to. I don't want to say they're going to compete with what we saw in Jacksonville years ago, but this is the young core that the Panthers have needed on the defensive side of the ball. They just need that offense to kind of just get there a little bit faster, which I do think they're on the right track minus the injury to CMC. But I love this trade for Carolina hands down. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, okay. I was being stupid going on Tommy Tremble. I mean, I'm still supportive, but I mean, I, I took that a little too far, but you know what you get your juices flowing some days and it just comes out. What can you do? But yes, this defensive trade, man. I mean, yes, they lost JC Horn. It's a massive massive loss thankfully i thought it was his achilles thankfully it's a broken foot it's about what six weeks he's potential to yep. return this season which is great freaking news you're not lying about this defense man this defense is legit and when i took heat on my point spread pick last week i was sweating to the end i won't lie but i got a lot of faith in this damn uh defense man shaq thompson the signing of hansen reddick is absolute genius right now phenomenal move by the Panthers because they are creating pressure. 
Shaq Thompson right now is on the rise to be in the conversation of one of the elite linebackers in this league because I, I don't even care if it was Houston last week and they're not as good he was all over the bloody field man you could every single defensive play Thompson was in on something and and this defense I mean chin Jeremy chin is a freaking animal in his own mm-hmm. right he's like he's like Tyron Matthew and Buda Baker put in one like that he's he's just that damn good this defense you're not kidding no lie they are that damn good and I that was I forgot to mention, you know, the signing of Hassan Reddick from Arizona, you know, Shaq Thompson, who they have. I mean, they're just they're loaded with young talent. And it's it's gonna be a fun, fun group of guys to watch evolve and grow and blossom over the next few years. And man, if uh, here we go. We were remember all off season. I'm saying, hey, Sam Darnold. Hey, buddy, you're right there. I love you with Joe Brady and, and uh, Matt Rule. And hey, look, right now it's 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 shaping out. Yes, it's three weeks. I'm not going to victory lap that. But you know what? It looks good. I will say this, and I, I believe I was wrong where I was a little bit down on Sam Darnold. Sure. And no. you were and, and you were not. But right now, through three weeks of the season, Sam Darnold's a, a QB one in fantasy football. He's a top 12 fantasy quarterback at the moment. Ooh, ooh, look at that. And you know, I don't fault you that one. That one could have went either way. I mean, I was, I was the only thing I wasn't like as supportive of saying, you know, emphatic support saying he's going to be something spectacular. I just love the surroundings. That's what got it for me. It was the fact that he finally has capable individuals, capable men to guide him and, and teach him in Joe Brady and Matt rule. Joe Brady is making moves, man. I will not be surprised if this man is not a head coach in the next two years. He is that damn intelligent. He is another Kyle Shanahan on the ups. I'm telling y'all, keep your eye out for, for the Carolina Panthers, man, because they're making moves. I'm telling you, for all of my DJ Moore shares, I want Ooh. Joe Brady to stay in Carolina for as long as possible. Me too, man. Me too. And look at what DJ Moore is doing right now. Remember last year, I was like, yeah, DJ Moore is good, but I'm not really sure. I was all in this year, man. Full chub, all in, and, and he's repaying us. It's almost like he and he and Robbie Anderson just swapped roles. Basically, <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what it was. I love it. Let's talk about a few of these contests that happened this week. I mean, Monday Night Football, Chris. We, we have to do it. I'm sorry, Philly fans. Ooh, we got yeah. to do this. I'm sorry, because you know what? I think I was premature in my apology and support to uh, Mr. Jalen Hurts. I got to retract this a little bit because I think I was a little bit more right to be cautious not saying I'm right that he's never going to be something, but remember, I was cautious. I was saying, you know, I want to see more. And, you know, the Atlanta Falcons gave us the thought that these guys are, or Jalen Hurts is going to be something extremely special. Now we realize, hey, it's the Atlanta Falcons. We need to take that with a grain of salt because they are who they are. But Jalen was struggling. But I mean, I got to put the caveat on Monday Night Football. The Dallas Cowboys looked freaking amazing. And the coaching staff in Philly was absolute dog shit. I agree, and I don't think that, that the Dallas defense is as good as what we saw last night. I, sure. I think that may have been an anomaly. It was them, you know, kind of, you know, really putting the clamps down on on Jalen Hurts, who did. Jalen Hurts statistically had a very good game. You know, he did have a couple of interceptions, you know, but overall, he had a great completion percentage, threw for the yardage that he's need to. He ran the ball, but with, you know, the problem that Philly had, Miles Sanders had two carries. Yep. Two carries, and he wasn't injured. He was healthy. A healthy two carries. 
and Gainwell didn't even see the field, like basically no. at all. This is the problem. This was coaching staff laps, man. I hated every ounce of it. They didn't adjust. Yes, the Cowboys came with the full bum rush. I'm Micah Parsons is just an animal. Mm. Trayvon Diggs is becoming elite right in front of our freaking eyes. Even that pass. So see, here's the thing about about Hertz. Before you get back into your point, Hertz's pass for that pick six that went to Diggs. Even though Smith fell on that play, that to me was a pick six regardless, man. Diggs had oh, yeah, his, yeah. right? Diggs had his eyes and, and he jumped it and that pass was well behind. That was the house call no matter what. So it's yep. it's the fine tuning and Hurts game that I still really do question. But I mean, the coaching staff, this was Matt Nagy-esque, man. Like, what the hell was this last on, on Monday? It was terrible. I mean, Matt Nagy is a completely different story, but you're absolutely right. I mean, Mike McCarthy as just somebody who should not be calling plays like he needs to, he really does need to just kind of give things up and just let somebody else do it. I mean, the, the, the Cowboys have not had a very good history of play callers, whether it's Jason Garrett or Mike McCarthy, whoever it may be, they need, uh, they need another person. Yeah. Kellen, Kellen Moore. Kellen, Kellen Moore was, he's, he's doing very well. Kellen yeah. Moore is the, is doing extremely well. But what a game it was on Monday Night Football. The Cowboys are back in the win column. Dak looks good. Dak looks impressive. And, hey, man, you know, they could be pretty deadly with this one-two punch now looking with Zeke and Pollard. I'm telling you, man, right now it's it's almost like a 50-50 split between the two. Yeah, Zeke got the couple of touchdowns. But you take those two touchdowns away, and he and Pollard have the exact same numbers. Unreal. Unreal how things go, man. How about that Baltimore game? NFL record, 66-yard field goal by Justin Tucker. That was Tucker. amazing. Future Hall of Famer, Justin Tucker. Unreal. 66 freaking yards, man. Hits off. This could only happen to Detroit, man. Detroit fans, I am sending you a care package of love and hugs because I, I feel for you. We will have a mandate taking all your shoelaces away this year. I'm joking. I'm, I don't want to joke about that, but I mean... It's bad in Detroit, man. If you're losing a 66 yeah. yard field goals, it's bad. And you and I had the exact, you and I pretty much wrote the exact same response as that kicked happened <laughs> because like we're watching it, we're watching that kick go through. And we're like, like, yeah, he could hit it, but that's an NFL record. And he mm -hmm. just smokes it. Absolutely smokes it. Unbelievable stuff, man. How about Hollywood? Hollywood almost oh, killed God. it. I, we have to touch on this because I mean, yep. you're, you're playing Detroit. Okay, I picked the 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 Ravens minus eight, and I was I was comfortable with that spread. I was like, yeah, this is good. I'm calling Hollywood, and I'm saying you owe me some money, buddy, because those three drops cost me money. And two of those drops were for potential touchdowns. touchdowns there absolutely. was nobody near him on two of those drops, and he easily could have taken both of those to the house. Unreal. Because I had a lot, a lot of Lamar Jackson and DFS. And those two touchdowns would have helped quite a bit. See what I'm saying? He cost everyone money. It was just killed it, man. Killed it. I, you know what it is? They get Bateman back pretty quick here. And, and the way that Baltimore is playing, I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be a welcome sight, man, because uh, go get the stick them, go get some super glue, whatever you can do. Hollywood. And, you know, you looked at Bollywood at the, on this game. I just, I don't know what that was happening to you. He, uh, he just, he, Made me sad. Made me sad, too. Sad to talk about it. Speaking of sadness, Chicago Bears, man. We, you knew we had to talk about the That's Chicago That's the epitome Bears. of sadness right this there. This is sadness for all Chicago people, uh, fans, uh, people who live in the city. God, man, it was a horrible. What a 46 total yards of offense. 
And I saw the Dan Orlovsky show, and I mean, he went off, and I, I disagree with him. I'll say it this way. He said it, whether it was uh, incompetence or uh, intentional, and I want to remove the intentional thing because that's bullshit. Don't be putting an intentional tag on a, on a professional trying to ruin somebody's career. I don't buy it for one second. I think Coach Nagy is that inept. He is terrible as a head coach. He is not creative whatsoever. It was all him. This is all on him. The protections, man. You didn't have, you kept the same protections in five men all the time. No chips, no movements, no rollouts, no pulls. And you left Justin Fields to fend for himself. You ran the ball 10 times with Montgomery when you had his very first start. Are you bloody kidding me, Matt Nagy? No screens, no bubbles screens what the hell did you think was going to happen to a first time quarterback on the field yeah and what was it that i i i said in the it was in the first quarter at the end of the first half first thing i say in our group chat was justin fields is holding on to the ball way too long Mm -hmm. and he's getting pressured every single time just it's like he's waiting to get sacked nine times he got sacked in that game there was pressure non-stop and like you mentioned there was no blocking. There were no chips. There was no running back back there to help him out. He was on an island by himself and was completely just set up for absolute disaster. I mean, that is for, for those of you out there who watch that game, that's not the Justin Fields that you should expect to see going forward in his NFL career. That was just, there was, it was an anomaly. It was, I think it was a one-off. It was just a terribly, terribly coached game by the Chicago bears. Yeah. I don't, I, the baffling thing to me is how can you go an entire week of practice and not change something and not do anything. And then in game things aren't working. You don't adjust. I mean, we've seen, so everything is, is, is predicated upon the argument. He ruined uh, Mitchell Trubisky and everyone's like, ah, oh, Mitchell Trubisky sucks. That's not truth, man, because Mitchell Trubisky went to the playoffs twice. Okay. And, and that shows what he was able to do. And that was more on Trubisky than it was Matt Nagy because mm-hmm. Nagy couldn't even realize I'm, I'm a guy sitting here who's do, I do believe I should be working in the NFL, you know, FYI, but I, you know, I'm sitting here on my couch looking at the TV and I tell you right now, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, Mitchie biscuits. He could not throw left to save his life in the pocket. And coach mm-hmm. Nagy kept setting him up for failure. He would not stop, man. He wouldn't help the cause. He wouldn't make it better to gain that confidence, help him uh, understand his, his mechanics. He's doing it again. And it's setting up. Okay. It's one start. I'll give that a pass, but this was so bad. I have never seen a, a, a rookie quarterback just thrown to the lions in the fire this way in my entire life of watching pro football. I completely agree with you. And I think that, I mean, I was calling for the firing of Matt Nagy, you know, over a year ago, I would be shocked. Absolutely shocked. If he lasts another four weeks, if they, if they keep him another four, the, the GM pace needs to go as well. Clean house, yeah. start yeah. over and just, and get it done. My Lord. <sighs> The other elephant in the room is Mr. Allen Robinson. What the hell do we do with a Rob? Because I mean, okay, he's leading in targets. What he had six last week for the week before I'm panicking, dude, I'm, I'm legit panicking right now. I mean, Allen Robinson is a guy that you probably took as your, you know, your, your wide receiver one, most likely, you know, top 12, which he very well should have been because that's how he had been performing 
for the majority of his of his career. You know, he was the kind of guy that was just absolutely quarterback proof. It didn't matter, you know, who his quarterback was. This guy was going to produce. Okay. Um, right now he's got himself in half PPR leagues, a hot 19.6 points, oh, which so is which is good for wide receiver 68 for somebody that you took most likely in like the third round yeah. of your fantasy drafts, myself included. I own him in a couple of leagues. Yeah, it feels good, man. I, I, it doesn't sting at all. Like, you know, you got a bad case of the Hemis and you got to sit on a no, I've, pillow, I've, you know? Yeah, no, it hurts more to pee than it does to roster Allen Robinson at this yeah. point right now. It's true. Um, and it, it's like a burning sensation in both ends, but it's fine. <laughs> So both ends, it's just coming out everywhere. Well, let's just say Alan Robinson makes me shit my pants. (laughs) So what do you do with Alan Robinson? Do you sell him? No, you can't sell him because you're not gonna be able to get anything in return for him right now. So what you do at this point is you just wait, you hold on to him. You don't start him. Unfortunately, like Mm. right now he's yeah. Is he a flex play? Sure. Based on the matchup, because you know, he's gonna get the targets. It's going to take Justin Fields to really kind of speed things up, you know, evolve into this NFL game. Hopefully something happens with the play calling a little bit better. But I do think Allen Robinson will be okay eventually. But right now he's just somebody that you have to hold on to because you aren't able to get rid of him. You aren't able to get any sort of decent value in return for him because of what his current status is. Yeah, I mean, and here we go. So Nagy had his press conference and what did he say? All three quarterbacks are in play to play this week, including Nick Foles. How do you even, I have no response, man. I have none. You're already going to give up on this rookie after putting him like that. You're going to cripple this right. guy's career. I like, I, I got to stop talking about Chicago because I'm about to chuck something across the studio and break stuff, man. And I like my things. You have nice things. Like you, like the, our viewers can't see it, mm. but like, look at the background there. There's some nice things back there's there. There's some nice and stuff, we man. I got we, don't, some... we don't want any of that to be broken. Yeah, man, my jersey signed jersey there. I don't want to break that stuff. It's nice. But I mean, anyway. there's a bunch of bill stuff that could probably go, but it's cool. You would set it ablaze. I know in a second, man, just like I would set all your Patriots stuff on fire. Oh, but that's what makes us friends, man. It's good. Speaking of crazy, Peyton Barber, Ooh. man, Peyton Barber, this man, that's that's oh God, this is this is on on the epitome of psychopathic because 23 rushes last week for 111 yards and a touchdown, three receptions and 31 yards. This man is RB one right now for the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. Why, the hell, why the hell did they sign Kenyon Drake if Peyton Barber was going to come off the street and put up 23 carries and three receptions, man? I mean, over the last two weeks, so Peyton Barber didn't have a single, obviously didn't have a single, you know, touch in week one, but they pick up Peyton Barber, you know, after the first week and Peyton Barber has 39 touches over his last two weeks to lead the team in touches. And he's on the field for the majority of the snaps. Like, like you just said, what was the point? Barber was available then. Why not just pick him up instead of signing, you know, Kenyon Drake to that contract? I, I'm I'm at a loss. I, I don't understand how these people manage their football teams. I mean, <laughs> who decide and that what I just I'm I'm at a loss. See, I can't even I can't even get it out. I'm at a loss. All <sighs> right. So let's 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 think of it this way. You know, Josh Jacobs has had his injury concerns. Okay. Sure. Yep. Who knows what's gonna happen to him the rest of the rest of the season. All right. So so right now you're just having uh you know, you're having Kenyon Drake be the number two guy mm-hmm. again. 
you know, even with the starter out Mm -hmm. after signing him to a two year deal worth like $15 million and guaranteeing him almost $12 million. (laughs) So you're just going to kind of let that all just kind of go away and be like, you know what? No, fuck that. Peyton Barber. That's our dude. (laughs) That's our dude, man. Peyton Barber. We don't we don't need $15 million. That can just we're going to burn that. We're going to let Barber be the man. Yeah, we're good. We got so much. Have you seen the the owner's house, man? Davis's house. I mean, he's got money to burn, man. Like you, like you. He's winning prize picks. I mean, he's he's got to have money to burn. If you're if you're able to go out in public with a haircut like that, you don't (laughs) care because with that much money. No. And especially when you start fixed, man. (laughs) When, when you start the season at three and oh, I guess it, I mean, they know something that we don't know hey, because man. Peyton Barber has found the, the freaking fountain of youth. Yeah, you got to You got to give it to him in that respect, man, because I think Peyton understood that this was his last go, last kick at the can. And I mean, he's making it worthwhile. Do you pick him up in fantasy? That's the question. I don't just because I don't know how long this is going to last. Like, because Kenyon Drake is still being involved in the passing game. You know, he's still getting, you know, five, six targets a game, which is awesome. So he's still being utilized there. Um, right now, the, the story in Vegas is Derek Carr. Mm. Derek Carr, you know, the emergence of, of Henry Ruggs. Brian Edwards had a, had a great game, you know, this past week, which was really nice to see. Hunter Renfro. Um, Hunter Renfro is, is he's the new he's West confusing. The new West he is Walker. confusing to me because, but where was he last year? Like, why is it taking him like a few years for him to really catch on? Like, why sure. this year? as opposed to last year. So I would want to see some more consistency from Renfro before I'm able to be like, yeah, that's the, that's the PPR, you know, slot guy that I want. You know, fair enough. And I mean, it's, it's not, uh, it's definitely not a, a, a wrong point. You're, you're definitely on point. It's just to me right now, how it's setting up is that as he continues to progress, he beca- continues to get the, the confidence in not only Derek Carr, but the coaching staff. I, I see Wes Walker all over this man right now. And I mean, his route running, pff- Dude, he can he can shake mm. out the best, some of the he best can. men. So I mean, it all starts with the route tree, and he's showing it. And I mean, and, let's let's not. Let, I want I want to give Derek Carr his props because I've been a, a Derek Carr downer for for a few years now. Sure, go ahead. But he's been off to a really nice start. He's averaging twenty three fantasy points per game. The man has more fantasy points so far than Russell Wilson. Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott. So big ups to you, Derek Carr. I hope you can continue the success because I I would be okay eating that crow. And you know what it was? I was I was never a hater of Carr. I was never over the over the top, but I always liked his game. I, it was the mm-hmm. consistency that was always the issue. It was it. You know what it was? It was that one season he did. What he finished? I think his top six, uh, thirty five touchdown passes. Uh, nearly 4,000 yards. I want to say if I'm correct and like six picks, like that's, that's what I remember. And then everything was kind of up and down after that. It was like 21, 30 or 28, whatever it was. But I mean, yeah, man, he's, he's on point right now. He's feeling obviously comfortable. He's feeling himself in that Gruden system. So it's, it's working. And you know what it is with just one quick thing with Derek Carr, what really kind of turned me off to him is after Amari Cooper was, was gone from, Mm. well, then Oakland, now Las Vegas, it was almost as if Derek Carr forgot how to throw the ball downfield and that deep ball wasn't there. He's found that again with Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs, because right now he is fourth in the NFL in completed air yards uh, per attempt at 7.3 completed air yards. He's behind Lamar Jackson, Danny Pennies, who you do not deserve the Danny Dimes name yet. No. And Tyrod Taylor, like cars has 
found that deep ball again and isn't isn't afraid to push it downfield now, which I love to see. And I hope it does continue for the rest of the year. Do you know what the changes in that that I've seen so far is their utilization of Henry Ruggs. So it mm. was it was only Ruggs going on the nine route, deep route only all day, three targets a game. Try that deep shot three times. And that's his day. Henry Ruggs is finally starting to run the sevens, man. That's the, the uh, post and that's to the end zone fades. This or the end zone back uh, back uh, pylon. And, and this is working magnificently. The only thing they need to add to Ruggs game right now is that slant. If they put that slant and go in for Ruggs, you will see. And, I, and I'll, I'll put a million dollars if I had it. A slant and go with one safety back. Henry Ruggs is gone every time. I, I think you're completely correct. And the one thing that I like is, you know, with, with rugs, he has the speed, you know, it, it's just being able to now trying to find those mismatches and to be able to actually run different routes. Because like you said, it was, it was a go route and that was about it. So the fact that he's now able to incorporate different routes, keep secondary players off balance, it is only going to help the success of the Raiders going forward. Absolutely. They look like the full meal deal with that defense. It, it looks good, man. Vegas, Keep smiling because everything is on the ups. Ah, Bobby Trees right now, man. He's starting to look like uh, Bobby Branches, and I don't like it. It's going to be Bobby Twigs in a minute. And I was almost going to say Bobby Twigs. See, same page, man. It's like one mind, you know? But when Djax is catching more passes than you, there's a a problem, um, a big one. Um, Djax, you know, he's, he's running around carrying that ball, like a loaf of bread, like shady McCoy style. And, and, you know, Bobby trees is just sitting there watching and blocking and what is going on. I don't like this man is, has the days settled for, for Bobby trees at this point? I don't think so. I think it is just that Matthew Stafford and Cooper cup have formed such a formidable team right now Mm. that. Like that's just that's just his number one guy, you know. Where before we saw Goff really spread the ball around between, you know, between Woods, between Cup, and things were, you know, kind of a, a timeshare there. But now it's it is the it's the Cooper Cup show, and then there's everybody else. You know, Robert Woods obviously is still there. Van Jefferson is getting into the mix a lot more, which I love to see. Mm-hmm. But it's it's no longer that 50-50 time split. It really is now like a like an 80-20 between, you know cup and woods he, he lost the phone call when when they were doing the off-season program and i mean hey look it's like you know it was like back in high school you know you, you you had to go home before your curfew and you missed out on the good party stuff afterward and everyone's talking in the in the hallways and you missed out and you feel you know you're out of luck this is this is bobby trees right now it's too bad i do think i think woods is gonna be okay though like going on through the season on the key and stafford will be you know i think they're, they're gonna be fine but but right now it's it's tough because, you know, Cooper Cup double digit targets in oh. every single game this year and nobody else on the team has hit double digits other than Cooper Cup. It's It's been ridiculous, like legit ridiculous what they're able to do. And speaking of ridiculous, I want to talk about this man really quick before we get out of here. Always going over the clock, but I mean Mike Williams. We're nobody's talking enough about Mike Williams. And and I, you know, this you talk, you're you're a, you're a gentleman of of uh, always, Chris. You always say, you know, I gotta eat my words. I'm eating words on Mike Williams because I was when he was drafted, I was a supporter, and as his years continue to you know show nothing really spectacular. I was off and I, and I continue to be off. I continue to preach, stay away from Mike Williams. I don't even care if it's a contract year. 
I was dead wrong, man, because Mike Williams right now, 22 catches, 295, four touchdowns, including two last week against the Kansas City Chiefs on this contract season. Good Lord, Mike Williams, you look phenomenal. He does. He really does. And before, so when I put out my my preseason rankings before week one, he was my overall wide receiver 24. I had him as a low-end wide receiver two, and even that, was too low for him mm. because he's absolutely balling out right now. I mean, the fact that he's seeing just as many targets as Keenan Allen, and he's finally starting to convert those targets into touchdowns. That was Mike Williams biggest like fault, you know, over his career was the fact that he wasn't able to turn all of those air yards into touchdowns because of he uses his speed, his size. And now he's getting actually getting points because of it. This guy is finally doing what everyone wanted him to do two years ago. And that's it. If he did this two years ago, I would have still been on the horse. It's like, you know, why are you doing the Devontae Parker style breakout in year four? Like, what's your problem? Give me some help here, man. Year two. Uh, But I mean, you got to give credit where it's due. You got to eat crow when you have to eat crow. And I'm definitely eating it right now because and you know what? You give credit to uh, Mr. Herbie. I mean, he is he's throwing that dart around all over the field. No sophomore slump. He looks Mm -hmm. great. That coaching staff, Charger fans, get ready to smile for a long time. They are a good bunch, man. He is a defensive prodigy from the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. And they are a good, good bunch. And they will do some damage in this league for a long time. Yeah, there's a reason why I went out and I bought that Justin Herbert jersey because he is he is going to be a fun, fun player to watch for years to come. And from everything that I've heard about him, he's just a genuinely good dude. So he's somebody you want to root for. You want to see succeed. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm team Herbert for sure. I think there's nothing better than a good young quarterback who's showing it to everybody. You know what? Showing Before, what to everybody. That's yeah, that's not appropriate. You don't want to show sorry. it to everybody. Show it Only to everybody. I, I show it to everybody. Everybody, you know, they, they might point and laugh sometimes, but you know, it's cold outside, you know. Sometimes it, it happens. How do you go to jail? <laughs> Oh, it's funny. <laughs> Speaking of jail, what about your Patriots? Give us a quick rundown since I spoke about my bills. Oh, Mac Money Jones with his three interceptions. You guys kind of abandoned the run. I did not like your game whatsoever. LASIK surgery took it to you guys. All right. So he he did. He did. Shout out to Jameis. Um, you and your crab legs. Well done. Well done. But <laughs> I will say this. Uh, two of those interceptions were not Mac Jones's fault. Okay. One of them, he got hit as he was throwing it. The other one, Johnu Smith completely just botched it and should have held on to it. I, I got to Smith... argue it, though. I got to argue it. No, it, it, it was OK. It was it, it was, was in long. front of Johnu could okay, have had it, it. He could have had yes. it. I agree with you. He could have had it. We watched we, the reason why I'm arguing with Chris is because we watched the same play at the same time. We literally argued about this on Sunday <laughs> in our in our group chat. And I mean, uh, OK, he's like, that's Johnu's fault. I'm like, hey, it was a little overthrown. But go ahead. Sorry, yeah. I'm interrupting you. And then literally the next two attempts to Johnny Smith, he dropped both of those passes as well. The biggest issue with the Patriots, what's been happening so far, dumb mental penalties, mental mistakes that don't normally happen with a Bill Belichick coach team. And their tackling has been awful. Mm. This front seven hasn't been able to tackle anybody. Last year, their run defense was absolutely horrendous. I mean, I was absolutely terrible. And this year, it's not that much better. So with all the additions and all the money that they spent in free agency, they still haven't been able to come together as a team. 
And I do think it's going to, it's going to get better. Mac Jones is going to make better decisions going forward. It's going to improve. They're going to improve as a team, but I will say this, that these growing pains early, it's not the way you want to start, especially for a team that's being predicted to get a wild card spot out of the AFC. Mm-hmm. I think that with, you know, the, the dolphins playing that the way that they've been playing, the bills are going to be the bills. It's going to be tough, especially with as well as the other AFC teams have been playing. The Patriots are going to have to make some big moves or big changes in their, you know, their play style to try to get into the playoffs. And I know it's only through three weeks, but right now I'm very concerned with what I've seen on their defensive side, at least for their front seven. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue because I mean, here we go. Okay. You know, when I said at the beginning of the off season, this entire division has been getting better, improving, adding players, Mac Jones, uh, Zach Wilson, Tua, et cetera. Now look, man, everything changes within like one week. You have uh, teams are going to figure out young quarterbacks, regardless of who they are. No rookie quarterback really outside of Justin Herbert type. Do we see succeed to that level? It's mm-hmm. an anomaly, right? Everyone struggles. Peyton Manning struggled through the career high interceptions, league leading record interceptions. The thing is that now you, you see Mac Jones and he's going to struggle from time to time versus better defenses. Now you see it because they're going to figure him out by about the halfway week 10. He will start to figure things out a little bit more. The New York Jets are not as good as I thought that they would have been. They're actually worse. I, I, I had hope. But you know what? It's it's because everything's brand new. I'm going to give them a pass this season. If this happens again next year, then we'll talk. But this year, it's complete teardown, rebuild, see what they got. Miami, unfortunately, Tua goes down. You got Jacoby. He fought. He's going to fight. He's a fighter. Yep. But th- this entire division could miss the playoffs with exception of the Buffalo Bills, even though we are just in week three. And that wouldn't surprise me. You know, the way that the AFC West is playing, I mean, hell, they could have they could have their division winner, then maybe two the two wild card spots, you know, out of that division, like we saw a few years ago. So, at this point, like I said, it's early. We're only through three weeks, so anything can happen. But the Patriots need to shore up the, you know, their 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 those mental mistakes, those dumb penalties, and the tackling in order to succeed and to be able to finish games and not just try to hang on. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Whew. It's a long show, man. You want to finish it off on what was your biggest miss of the week? Because I had a big one and it freaking cost me and I'm, I'm so oh, pissed no. off. Oh, I'm pissed. I'm, I am oh. pissed. So I am a creature. So, of- go ahead. You go first. All right. I was just going to say, I didn't really have many misses um, because I went six and one in my leagues. Ooh. But I did have one big miss that I thought was going to absolutely smash. Um who I started in every league I had him in. And I also put him in every, almost every single DFS lineup. And that was Mr. TJ Hawkinson. Ooh, speak. Going up against the Baltimore Ravens, who, yes, they did face Kelsey and Waller. But Hawkinson, for those, you know, who know him, is right there in that one of those top tiers of, of NFL tight ends. You know, Ravens have been awful against the tight end against, you know, both Kelsey and Waller giving up a ton of targets. And I figured, you know what? It's fine because Hawkinson gets as much of a target team target share as Kelsey does. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're fine. We're going to plug him in. He's going to smash. No, no, no. Uh, Hawkinson had three, three fantasy points for me in half point PPR uh, leagues. So yeah, didn't really work out 
in DFS. Thankfully, it helped out in season long because I had the rest of my team to help me out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, it was a tough Sunday for DFS because Hawkinson, I put too many eggs in one basket. Never do that. But six and one. Look at you. Stand up, Mr. Kennedy, and take a bow. That is oh, did I mention I was six and one? Okay, oh, cool. Yeah, a little bit, just a little bit. You just, you know, brag a little bit, but you know what? All right. What was your, what was your biggest miss? Sir? Rick, you know, this, this is this type of, I am removing kickers from all leagues. I will quit leagues that have kickers from moving forward because I can't do it anymore, man. I just can't. So I pick Mason, Mason Crosby in my drafts in most of them. I have them in a lot of leagues. And I'm like, you know, he's Why? the safe he, he, because he's the safe bet. You know, he's with uh, Aaron Rodgers. They're going to kick field mm-hmm. goals. Okay. You know? Eight points, man. You know, that's all I'm asking for my kicker. If he gets anything above that, you know, we're good. Eight points, man. That's your floor on an offense that's going to be extremely high scoring. So, you know, I had him first two weeks. He doesn't even get me eight points. So I got frustrated and I said, I'm cutting your bitch ass, which I did. And I picked up Matt Prater and I'm like, hey, this is a good play versus Jacksonville. They're going to run up this score. He's going to kick field goals. Matt Prater gets me seven. And Crosby this week decides to kick for 16. And I'm like, oh, that's nice, man. Like, you're, you're so nice to me, you bastard. I give you all this faith, and this is what you do to me. That's not even the problem, Chris. I lost on Monday Night Football because of Dak Prescott, Godare, and Amari uh, Cooper. They, Godare and Amari Cooper didn't have very good days, but Dak had a decent day. Do you know what I lost by? Oh, gosh. I have a feeling it's going to be the difference. Point two four. Oh, point two four, because I decided to drop a bloody kicker who I gave faith to. Thanks a lot, Matt Crosby or yeah, Crosby. All right. So to be fair, um, I post my I post my kicker and defense rankings every single week. All right. And this past week I did. I had Matt Prater as my number two ranked kicker. I had Matt, I had Mason Crosby as my 28th. So that was a big miss by me there. Mm-hmm. Um, but were you telling me that you, you know, played Prater? I, I couldn't fault you for that. I would have told you to do the exact same thing. So I'm blaming you. I'm bl- I'm bl- I want my win back. Give you, me you my can't, win. You can't blame me because you did not reference my rankings when you said that you made but we're one mind it's like you know what this is fair yes this is like esp shit yeah it was not a good (laughs) when i saw that on monday after dak threw that garbage touchdown at the end i was like why would you throw why would you throw at that point and i'm like i still won i got this no problem 0.24 you son of a bitch you know who my number one ranked kicker was for the week though Justin Tucker. Oh, <laughs> would get you seven points on that 66 yarder, man. That's just unbelievable. Yeah. Good stuff as always, man. And what a good show. But anyway, before we get out of here, Jake has an important message. So everybody listen up. Yeah, real quick, though, before we get out of here, I want to take a quick second here, Chris, and I want to make sure I shout out our, our partners here for the year at Fantrax.com. I mean, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, hands down, right now, offering the greatest fantasy experience for you, uh, for your dynasty keeper, redraft, best ball leagues, whatever it is you play, they have you covered. And we want to make sure we get you guys in a position to really come in and play with us this year. We're going to have some best ball challenges with some cash prizes coming up here in the coming weeks, but you can set up your account now and it's 100% free. So head over to fantracks.com slash headliners, sign up for that free account, and then stay tuned to our Twitters, to our YouTubes, 
the, the community tabs on YouTube, all over the place. We're going to be posting links for these upcoming best ball challenges. Totally looking forward to that, but make sure you head over there and sign up for that account right now. Fantrax.com slash headliners. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Kennedy 318 to all the listeners. Thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. <laughs>